You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 396 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. In the episode today, you're going to learn about the origin of the H.G. Heinz Company. And then there's going to be a word from one of our fantastic sponsors, Pro Flowers. And then in the bonus facts section, you're going to learn a little bit more about the history of tomato ketchup. Let's just get started with today's show. By 1892, H.J. Heinz Company had grown from a small company selling horseradish in clear glass jars to having over 60 products. Despite having more than 57 products at the behest of the founder of H.J. Heinz Company, the business instituted their now famous 57 varieties of Heinz slogan. Henry Heinz had come up with the slogan while riding on a train in New York City in 1892. While on the train, he spotted a shoe store advertisement that was promoting their 21 styles of shoes. He thought his company should have a similar slogan promoting the fact that they produced many different products. Rather than go with the exact number of products they made at the time, which would continue to grow to nearly 6,000 today, he chose 57. According to H.J. Heinz Company, he chose this number simply because he thought it was a lucky number and he liked the sound of 57 varieties of Heinz. It was also reasonably close to the number of products that they actually produced, so they went with it. Henry Heinz got his start selling food products all the way back at the tender age of eight years old. At the time, he helped his mother in the garden and would take the vegetables around his neighborhood, selling them door to door. One year later, using a recipe his mother taught him, he started making and selling his own horseradish sauce, which later would be the same sauce he found his first major company selling. His parents soon gave him around three quarters of an acre to support his entrepreneurial endeavors, and while just ten years old, he was now selling large quantities of vegetables and horseradish sauce around his neighborhood. Two years later, he expanded his operation to nearly four acres and was even selling to local grocery stores. He continued growing in this way, and at his peak, before going to college, grossed around $2,400 per year, which would be around $55,000 today. Now all grown up, rather than continue expanding at this point, he instead chose to go to college and earned a degree in business. Heinz's first business that he founded after college actually went bankrupt after just six years in operation. The company was called Heinz Noble & Company, co-founded by Heinz and L. Clarence Noble. They started out selling more or less the same horseradish that he sold as a child. Unfortunately for him, the Great Depression hit, starting in 1873 with the Panic of 1873 and continuing until 1879. Of course, this Great Depression eventually got its name usurped a little under 60 years later, and instead is now commonly known as the Long Depression. The Long Depression ultimately affected much of Europe and the United States. While there were many events that led up to the eventual trigger, the trigger in the US ended up being the failure of J. Cook & Company Bank, which had overextended itself in putting way too much capital into the railroad bubble of the day. After the J. Cook Bank fell, other banks soon followed, as did over 89 of the nation's 364 railroad companies. This had the net effect of nearly 14% of the U.S.'s workforce being out of work, compared to about 5.5% today and as high as 20-23% during the Great Depression. This all also saw real estate values plummet, further intensifying the problem. The New York stock market even had to be closed for over a week during the crisis, more on the Long Depression in a bit. Amidst all this, Heinz Noble and company soon found themselves overextended as the Long Depression continued on. They ultimately went bankrupt in 1875. 
After the business went belly up, Heinz didn't take long to rebound, founding the H.J. Heinz Company just a year later in the midst of the Long Depression. His new company pretty much did the same exact thing as the old bankrupted company did. This one worked out a bit better than the first, though. Fast forward about 137 years, and H.J. Heinz Company grosses around $10 billion per year, with around 6,000 products and close to 33,000 employees. So do not forget that Mother's Day is coming up. It is just six days away, if you're listening to this on Monday. But it is coming up on Sunday, the 10th of May. And are you thinking about who is the best mum? Who is the world's best mum? Maybe it's your mum. Maybe it's your mother-in-law. Maybe it's your wife. There are many mums in your life, and they all deserve appreciating on Mother's Day this year. But you don't have to worry about the complexity of finding different gifts and buying overpriced flowers, because with Pro Flowers, you can give 100 blooms with a beautiful free glass vase for just $19.99. Or if you want to make that a premium upgrade, you can add chocolates and a very nice premium vase for just $9.99 more. All you need to do is go to proflowers.com and use the promo code for this podcast, which is DAILY. And basically, this just makes the whole process easy. You don't have to worry about any complexity. It's simple, it's quick, and better yet, all of the flowers that are delivered are guaranteed to last for at least seven days. So whichever mum you choose to send flowers to this Mother's Day will be able to enjoy these beautiful flowers for seven days. You choose the delivery date, and it is always guaranteed. So go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone top right-hand corner of the screen, enter the promo code DAILY. Again, that's proflowers.com, click the microphone, enter the code DAILY. And you should do that by midnight on Friday because that's when the deal expires. So go do that today. And now for today's bonus facts. Heinz was known for his eccentric advertising campaigns, including creating a six-story high, electrically lit, which was a big deal at the time, pickle in New York City at 23rd and 5th Avenue. He later built a 70-foot-tall pickle at the end of a pier in Atlantic City. He even bought part of Lookout Mountain in Tennessee with the idea of having an enormous pickle carved into the mountain. In this case, though, his attempt was thwarted due to public outrage at him potentially desecrating a spot which was, among other things, the site of a famous civil war battle not too many years before. Bonus fact 2. The actual Heinz 57 sauce was originally named Beefsteak Sauce and was first sold in 1911. Two years after its creation, they renamed it Heinz 57 Beefsteak Sauce. Fast forward 27 years and they decided to rename it again, this time to Heinz 57 Sauce as it is today. However, in between then and now, they once again decided to rename it in 1969 to Heinz 57 Steak Sauce. In 1987, they decided to drop the steak and it has remained Heinz 57 source since then. Bonus fact 3. Heinz's ketchup was introduced the same year his new company was established, 1876. At the time, fresh ripe tomatoes were thought by many to be bad for your health and even poisonous, much like what happened when potatoes were first introduced in Europe. Ketchup, however, did not suffer as much from this stigma due to being processed with spices and vinegar. However, because ripe tomatoes were still considered bad for you, often ketchups of the day were extremely watery from lack of pectin due to the makers using unripe tomatoes. Just 30 years after its launch, Heinz was selling over 12 million bottles of ketchup per year. Today, Heinz sells over 650 million bottles of ketchup annually, along with 11 billion small packets of their ketchup. These ketchup sales earn them a gross of $1.5 billion per year. Bonus fact 4. 
Heinz recommends hitting the 57 on the neck of Heinz 57 ketchup to get it to pour faster. They claim they actually put the 57 in that specific spot so you know exactly where to hit. In addition to that, the exact speed the ketchup should flow out of the bottle is 0.028 miles per hour, or 0.045 kilometers an hour, according to Heinz. Heinz actually regulates this, and if they find a batch of their ketchup flows such that the viscosity is greater than the speed, the batch is thrown out. The reason ketchup flows so unevenly, one minute not at all, the next minute globs coming out, is that it is a pseudoplastic, aka shear thinning substance. Tapping the 57 on the neck with two fingers will often do a better job than shaking it, because the ketchup's resistance to flow, viscosity, decreases as the shear rate increases. So by tapping the blockage point, you increase the shear rate, thereby decreasing the viscosity, hence it flows. Shaking can have the same effect, but according to Heinz, won't typically work as well as the tapping the logo method. Other substances which exhibit this same shear thinning effect include lava, blood, nail polish, and whipped cream. Today, paints are also designed to take advantage of this so that they can be easily rolled on, but once on the wall, with the shearing force removed, they resist dripping. Bonus fact 5. It has been proposed that pizza be considered a vegetable in the U.S. due to its tomato sauce content. Obviously, this was heavily lobbied by certain food companies that would benefit from their product being considered a vegetable. In 1982, a similar type proposal almost saw making ketchup count as a vegetable. Ronald Reagan proposed to cut $1 billion from the school lunch program while still maintaining the necessary nutritional elements of the school meals. In true political fashion, rather than actually solving the nutritional problem, it was suggested that they simply reclassify ketchup and relish as vegetables. This way, on paper, it would look like they were serving a vegetable, and so they could cut out serving a real vegetable without actually having to add any nutritional item that the schools didn't already serve. Needless to say, this didn't go over too well, and the idea was eventually thrown out. The school lunches cut proposal also didn't fare well in the minds of the public, because on the same day cuts were proposed by Reagan, he had the White House curators buy over $200,000, which is about $450,000 today, worth of new china embossed with gold. Bonus fact 6. Ketchup is actually graded into three categories, fancy, extra standard, and standard. In order to receive the classification of fancy ketchup, it must have a specific gravity of at least 1.15 and a total amount of solids equating at or above 33%. What this means in layman's terms is the thicker the ketchup, the more tomato solids, the higher the quality rating is. Bonus fact 6. Despite his first company going bankrupt and Heinz not being obligated to pay many of the debts the company held, he voluntarily chose to do so anyways, as he felt morally obligated, though this took some time. Bonus fact 7. The Long Depression started innocently enough when Germany decided to get rid of silver as the backing material for their money in 1871. This decreased the value of silver and particularly hurt certain U.S. businesses who mined a significant amount of the world's silver. The U.S. then decided to follow suit and stopped backing its money with gold and silver and decided to just go with gold as part of the Coinage Act of 1873. This even more drastically killed the price of silver and subsequently raised interest rates significantly. Businesses and farmers who typically kept a fair amount of debt at times, were caught off guard by the sudden shift and the rise of interest rates. Investors then got in on the panic and stopped wanting to invest in endeavors that would tie up funds for long periods of time, preferring to keep a lot of money on hand. In modern times, the housing bubble contributed to our little depression. Back then, it was a giant railroading bubble that burst around the same time as the silver fiasco. 
This had a drastic effect on the nation because railroad companies of the day were combined the second largest employer in the U.S. after agriculture. Finally, one of the larger banks in the country, J. Cook & Company, went under in 1873, largely due to being too heavily invested in railroads, and it was all downhill from there, with bank after bank suffering the same fate as J. Cook & Company. The First Great Depression also hit most of Europe just as hard as the U.S. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.